0: On this episode, a discussion of filing statuses, the need for marriage on the tax return, and a little bit about cryptocurrency. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I am your host, William Schmidt. Hi, Andrew, uh, let's let's talk about filing statuses on on tax returns. So I'm yeah, I I had been listening to a another tax podcast and was thinking about maybe it's in relation to the, the recovery rebate credit or the uh, the child tax credit, some kind of issue. And and part of it, I was just really got to thinking about, you know, why we've had filing status for years and um, I, I haven't dug into the history, but what is the need to, to have it now? Like, why, why should we treat single and married taxpayers differently on the tax returns? You know, I, I know in studying tax policy in law school that some of it is to have a marriage incentive. Was, was some of the traditional reason why and and then there has also been well is there a a marriage penalty in in how things happen where depending on if if you're filing a joint return or or married filing separately um, depending on on how things play out and you know the the tax changes for certain years maybe maybe it's beneficial for a person to file married or not, but I, I was thinking about it and was considering maybe writing an article, but you know, for, for one, I was just thinking, what, what is the reason that we are needing to, to know on a tax return, whether people are married or not, that that would cut down some of the auditing and and some of the proof that that people need to have in in regard to whether they have a you know whether what what their marital status is and and some of it too so I was thinking that like well a lot of the IRS structure with regard to marital status is set up traditionally so um, I believe tax returns started in the late 1800s and so they reflect 19th and 20th century values. And you know, now with our 21st century changes in, I mean all kinds of things in, in social status, but you know, definitely with with divorces being higher, with non-traditional marriages being higher, does the tax return reflect our 21st century society is, is one of the things. I mean, that that there are issues with regard to same-sex marriage. I mean, I, I, I haven't researched it recently, but when same-sex marriage was on the rise, there are certainly differences in your reporting federally and the state level that um, at one point, it was that same-sex marriages would have to do a tax return as if they were married and a tax return as if they are unmarried. Yeah, they they might have had to do it as married, say, or, or unmarried at, at one point for, for federal reasons. And then if they were allowed married, then they would have to do that as a federal return. So then they could take that information to go to the state tax return, and so essentially they were having to to prepare two different federal returns just to do the federal and state returns. So that that is another reason why you know that that would assist taxpayers if if we didn't even have to list marital status on the tax return. Um, there's like I was saying the state tax differences in some states allowing same-sex marriage and, and some states not, you know, depending on which, which state tax filing you're having to do, then, you know, may, maybe, you need, maybe you need to file differently depending on the state. There is inequity in what is allowed for the married filing separately versus married filing joint that um, in, in essence they are, guiding taxpayers to file as joint taxpayers if they are married or not. So if, if there isn't that filing status requirement for a marriage, then it's, it's either is a person eligible to take it or not. You, you don't have to do that analysis of whether the, in their filing status, whether they're, they're married, taking a joint return, or filing separately. Yeah then then one big thing is is community state tax filing that is it joint property for the marriage or is it separate property for the marriage so looking at income whether it is individual or separate for those individuals and yeah that that I was yeah really really thinking that that if we just abolish the filing status and just everyone has to file their own tax return that, that that whether you are married or not you are individually responsible for filing your own tax return and so i was thinking of you know what what about the child related tax benefits you know that that may be an issue that the two spouses can't claim you know maybe maybe both can't claim the same child or something, but I think in general, maybe maybe the guidance is in a marriage, only one spouse is allowed to claim a child. And so if two people are claiming a child, whether whether they're married or divorced, separated, or two totally, you know, just a different family member or a stranger or whatever, they both get audited to see who who was the correct person to claim this child or not. I don't know. So so those were were a lot of my thoughts that just in general like why why do we keep it going for filing statuses is is there benefit to doing that for you know federally would and to me I th- I think tax administration would be a little simpler without filing statuses. So that's that's kind of my argument for you know, possibly abolishing it, that, that, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I need to be this proponent for that. But I was kind of thinking, like, I don't know, it seems kind of sensible to me, why, why do we have it? And I I think that would make it easier for the IRS to process some things. And it would make it easier for us in, in low income taxpayer clinics, or just other tax controversy settings on how we represent those clients. So I'll turn that turn the the microphone over to Andrew. Um, What do you think on? I mean, I've I've just kind of sprung this on you. So so what do you think about about this issue?
1: I'm curious, what would you want done with head of household versus single filing statuses?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that, that there that there just wouldn't be it would just be everyone files their own return. What and and kind of treated equally, that that to me I'm I'm kind of curious why why do we have different tax rates depending on on whether you're married or not You know why why not just 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 an average tax rate based based on your income Why why not simplify simplify things that way
1: So no head of household either Yeah yeah that
0: I mean that that you would get a benefit based on you know like the child tax credit mm-hmm. for having the children and you know if if someone else claims them anyway then then yeah you would have to prove that that essentially you are the head of household or or something but but yeah no you know we we would all have the same tax rates whether we're married widowed single head of household or or not you know i I get it. This this may not be popular, but just just kind of a thought exercise. I I thought
1: I'd throw out there. Or one income households. Would you want the person who doesn't earn to file a tax return as well? Well, the the person who doesn't earn they they wouldn't have to file if if we're
0: looking at at everyone individually. Yeah. You know, it, it would just be the
1: the single earner. And none of the benefits of the single of the non-earner go to the earner i'm just thinking through this too i'm just or would there be some sort of credit yeah i mean i, I don't know if
0: i mean i'm 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 sure people that that was a thing when when studying tax policy that it's like we could simplify things in the tax code but with lobbying and and the way things go in congress that it would get complicated quickly so i'm i'm sure if if we streamlined it in this way that there would wind up being like a marriage credit or a uh, head of household credit or, or something, I'm sure. I will say
1: this actually applies to a case of mine and it involved. So my client was a father of five children. His, the, the woman he lived lives with mother of the same five children. So, she claimed three of the children. He claimed two of the children, and he got audited. And they weren't married. And at the appeal stage, you know, I, I showed all the proof. And what triggered the audit was, I, like, 15 years ago, they accidentally filed as married. So they just wanted the they wanted something was triggered where they needed proof that they weren't married at the appeal stage. I didn't even get to that point because they looked at it and this is a little off topic. They looked at it and they said, Oh, tiebreaker rules. She made more money. He can't claim them. And I told appeals, what are you talking about? They get, they can decide who claims what credit and appeals told me, Oh no, that's not right. I'm like, your website says this. And I had it up and I, I, they had a whole question and answer thing about parents can decide who claims the credit. Tiebreaker rules come into play only if there are competing claims. And part of what appeals said was, well, why, do, why would anyone get married then? Then people can just claim six children and, and just not be married. Uh, and I just thought like, well, I don't know how to answer that. I, I got a little sassy. I said, people marry for true love, (laughs) but she did not like that joke. So I see what you're saying. Like married, married people can only claim three kids compared to if they both were not married, they could claim six kids. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are pros and cons, I guess. And uh, there's kind of, it is weird that an individual could claim three kids, but if you're married, you can still only claim three kids for the earned income credit.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I'm not thinking about getting rid of the, the qualifying child and the qualifying relative or, or necessarily the, the tiebreaker rules. I mean, I, I think a lot of that could still apply for claiming the children. I, I just wonder like, does you know do, do, do these rules necessarily, if they're in place to encourage marriage, I mean, does does that really have any benefit anymore? And I mean, otherwise, it just seems to be a lot of administrative work when when people have gotten audited on on whether they are married or not. I mean that. So yeah, you you bringing up about someone claiming to be married in the past. That yeah, when I when I was at UMKC taking their their low-income taxpayer clinic class there was a case where i think they were a spanish-speaking couple that they had really gone back and forth in what they filed with the irs on whether they were single or married and what was difficult was the irs treated them in different ways based on on their different filings and so what what I think what we were asking was was like, well, at one point you treated them as filing a joint return and and being married, can you continue to treat them that way? And that was kind of an an argument with the IRS of, you know, just what their current treatment should be. But it's, it's my understanding that if if someone files as married with the IRS, the IRS thinks they're married until they see like a, a divorce decree or some kind of substantive proof that they are not married. And I mean, like like I am I live in Kansas and they are a uh, common law marriage state where I mean, there is the holding yourself out to be married and having intent to be married. and. I mean i i just kind of wish they they would abolish common law marriage in kansas because that's its own tricky analysis of are these people truly married under common law and if you do establish a common law marriage well there's no such thing as a common law divorce you actually have to get a a divorce you know what whether you were i mean maybe it's arguable whether you have a common law marriage but to definitely prove you do, do not have one any longer you do have to get a divorce to to not be treated that way anymore so i don't know i'm just kind of thinking that that some of these things it, it feels like they would be much simpler for for us to work these controversy cases if if marital status wasn't an issue so yes. i mean maybe maybe it's just a simple thought leading to to a big change but i just kind of thought i'd throw it out there no and i brought up
1: my my case because you're right that there's supposed to be all these benefits for married filing jointly but for these particular people it was much more beneficial to not be married because they got to claim five kids and then it and then the appeals officer was actually right where why would anyone get married then who has who have five or six kids with the tax code? Because you do get a larger refund if you can claim six children for the earned income credit if you have the right income limits. So in some instances, it really doesn't make sense to be married. There aren't any benefits. I don't really know if people would be able to figure that out or... And I don't know if people would plan their lives around the earned income credit, but you do have you do bring up some good points.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I in general, you know, I I agree with your original sentiment that like marry for love or or marry for religion or or society or or whatever reason, but don't marry for the tax code. That's the, the tax code is a, a fickle mistress. So you know. Don't don't base your marriage around around
1: that. So I'm guessing you're gonna bring this up to your politicians in your area.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. It, it was just like, do I have time to write a paper on the topic was was really the the big thing, you know, that that I I, I think there there's some valid points both both pro and con to throwing the topic out there. But you know, I, I don't know that I'm going to to you know, not, you know, I, I'm prevented from lobbying, but but to, to use that as as a broad term to to lobby for the for the change in filing status in the tax code. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm 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 not going to make it my life's mission or or anything. I just I just think it's an interesting thing to throw out there. And you know if, if someone else wants to take it further, you know, great. But mostly I was thinking, like, why do we have to argue this issue? Why why does, why does whether people are married or not have to be so difficult to to prove things and, you know, to, to get people some benefits? And honestly,
1: I, when I on, on the case I worked, I didn't even know how to prove that they weren't married. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To prove a what is it like to prove it? yeah negative? Prove a negative? Yeah, they they gave me some form where like you need to go to the county and get some form saying that they are not married. And I thought what? I called the county up and they're like, I, I guess we'll send you a packet for you to fill out. And <laughs> it's just it was very frustrating. But at least they had children together because then you have to say on the Turn the acknowledgement, we are not married, or I, you know, each of them have to say I'm not married, but I don't know how, I don't know how you actually prove that two people aren't married.
0: Yeah, I mean, in, in the common law marriage, there's the question of holding yourself out as married, and, and so it's, like, did, did you file a joint tax return? Are you signing documents as, you know, Mr. and Mrs. or, or whatever? Yeah, I mean so you're kind of doing the opposite of like, well, they they always file as single or or something like that, I guess. Or I, I don't really know how you would prove like, I mean, I guess you're you're always showing that that she never took his married name or something, but you know, how, how do you prove that oh in public they they never acknowledged themselves as being married? I mean I don't know it's some of these directions we have to go just just get so weird I I think in in trying to prove married or not on on certain topics yeah I don't know job security I, I guess is the <laughs> answer but I don't know I I maybe it's not the answer but I mean I I was kind of thinking like is this a big change that that would provide us that that simple solution of, you know, not not having to deal with with this for clients anymore? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there would be unintended consequences
1: that that crop up a whole new set of problems that we'd have to deal with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel like when Congress makes tax changes that that it, it's kind of like, oh, this this will fix it. And then there, there are all kinds of unintended issues that, that crop up afterwards. So, yes. <laughs> so it's, it would probably be one of those that, that if, a, if a congressperson ran with it, that probably wouldn't fix things,
1: but. No, but I like it. I like the outside thinking.
0: Yeah, so if I ever write a, an article about it, you'll, you'll be the first to know, Andrew.
1: Thank you. When you write an article, I look right. forward to reading it. Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I just need for my my duties to die down at work. And so so when I retire, I'll, I'll write that article. OK. <laughs> you'll, you'll still be slaving away, I'm, I'm sure.
1: Maybe. We'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, who, who knows how the tax code will be in, in 20 or so
1: years. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to change. Have they added added anything about cryptocurrency yet to the tax code? I know they have a question on it, on the tax return, but.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they added a question to the form 1040. Yeah. But then it was like, I was hearing like different guidance on whether to answer yes or no on, on if you have cryptocurrency. And it was like. I mean, are are they just asking like do do you have any cryptocurrency? Really, really getting to is, is it a value or not kind of kind of thing, or or like if you've done a taxable event with their the cryptocurrency, but also the the question of like well, if you mark no, then are you you know since since you're filing it under penalty of perjury, are you? Is this kind of a gotcha moment where if you file it saying, no, I don't have cryptocurrency and then they come back on you like, oh, well, you marked no and and you do have it, then then are they going to to audit people and, and say, like, you know, bring bring some kind of fraud claim against them? So that that seemed to be like like the big debate I was hearing about about cryptocurrency because it. I haven't checked recently, but from what I knew, there wasn't really any guidance from the IRS on as, as like examples of how to how to file it one way or the other, you know, yes or no.
1: And do these exchanges have reporting requirements to the IRS? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, before
0: what I was hearing was the, like it was being treated similarly to stocks where, know, basically, if you sell it, then that's a taxable event. But I think more, they were also wanting to know about just just tracking the data, like if you have a foreign bank account for for that reporting to the IRS. So I don't know, it's it's tough to say what, what the purpose is of what the IRS is, is trying to, to determine. And so it's it's tough for tax advisors to, to tell their clients, like, th- this is how you what you should do on, on reporting cryptocurrency. Because, I mean, as, as far as I know, I mean, I, I try and keep up with tax news. But as far as I know, the guidance isn't out there. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's a thing of like, the IRS has been slow to figure out just what they're doing based on cryptocurrency. And so yeah, it's a it's a societal change that the IRS is trying to adapt, but are they behind the times? And so so to tie it back into marital statuses, we've we've had changes in you know now now non-traditional marriages of of all kinds, wh- whether it's same-sex marriage or or not. That I mean did. Did the IRS adapt or do they need to in in what's going on with society? I mean, and with with divorced and and separated spouses in a marriage. So I'm just just throwing it out there. And if people have, you know, opposing views or something, you know, feel free to let me know. I'm connect with me on LinkedIn and keep up the debate.
1: Sounds good to me.
0: All right, well, well, thank you, Andrew. I, you know, thanks for being patient with me as, as I I laid out my arguments. And yeah, I think you brought up some good points. So, for our listening audience, please ponder those those issues and and give us feedback. So, thanks for tuning in.
1: And message Bill on LinkedIn. All start arguments with him.
0: Yeah, bring bring all those arguments. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.